But I was going into Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converter. Power converter. Going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converter. Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station, power converter. Hello and welcome to Toshi Station Radio, where we sell power converters. We talk about X-wing. Our power converters are once again held up in customs after some international activity, so I guess we're going to talk about some X-Wing here. I'm Matt New. I'm Doug Hell. I'm Alex Smittle. And I'm Greg Smith. And let's jump right into that international activity. Uh, as we are recording this, we're only a couple days removed from the finals of the X-Wing Team Championship, which has been going on for a couple months now? About three, yeah. Yeah, it started quite a while ago. Uh, how many total countries put forth teams for this? 38. 38? Yeah, uh, which was, for Swiss was divided into five groups. It was, would be five groups of eight, because, but because of the odd number, there were seven in the last two groups. And then... That's the Bonafide Olympics of X. Yeah, yeah it's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, for those of you who uh, weren't <clears throat> following along, you can find pretty much any major X-Wing streaming channel covered this event. And you got to see a lot of some of the world's best X-Wing out there. I would call this the single biggest X-Wing event to ever happen as far as scope. And I think that's pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. And was that... Player-wise, it wasn't that big. Oh, I know. The number of players yeah. was small, but the no, scope but like of the... the event as a whole was pretty huge. So was it 38 teams or was it 38 countries? Yes, to both of those. It was 38 countries. Oh. Each had one team. Each yeah, had one team. Said, okay. Yeah, I, I know there were, at, well, there were a couple that were combined teams. Wasn't there like a combined? Uh, uh, there was only one that was really combined, which was Lithuania and uh, I'm blanking on the other country, but um, I think it was like four and three for the two mm -hmm. of them. And then there were a couple that didn't quite get enough players, so they had a substitute. Like, I know uh, Ryan Fleming, who's a, a real good player out of, I think, Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh, correct. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he played for Japan. Um, okay. Things like that. Um, so that's I mean, pretty like, cool. So, in other just like the Olympics. They, they, yeah. they had free agent options available. You could volunteer as a free agent for any team that needed that couldn't make the seven players. Okay. I could, I could only imagine the experience for him, right? Because he would have, you know, spoken to his teammates. And, you know, like when we play these um, like Gold Squadron uh, tournaments and I play somebody from a different country, there's that language barrier or, um, you know, the time barrier and stuff, too. So that'd be super cool to share a team with people who aren't in your country. Like, Yeah, for yeah. sure. The time barrier was a little less of an issue in Swiss uh, because each player kind of designated their own time they could play games. Um, I'm sure it wasn't super easy, but yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to hear from him how it was, how the experience mm -hmm. was. Indeed. You know, I was going to say it's a lot like the Olympics, but in practice, the last time this was held in person was two years ago at the Euro Championships. Correct. Yeah. And it almost comes across kind of like a Eurovision style thing. Uh, I believe I that know. was its original intent was to be a... It, it was originally the European Team Championship. Yeah. yeah. And then in 2019, they made it the X-Wing Team Championship mm -hmm. and USA participated and... Uh, I feel like there was one other country outside of Europe, but that might not even be right. Um, and yeah, th this just went huge because you mentioned uh, Fleming playing for Japan. And the only thing I could think of was Celine Dion, who is Canadian, representing Switzerland and winning Eurovision somehow. And my mind, I'm still like, wait, how? But, you know, one of those weird little rules would have been hilarious if Japan would have won and you had Chris coming home going, uh, yay. <laughs> 
I do seems a little weird, but yeah. So uh, for those who haven't been following along, uh, Doug, you were on the U.S. team. Who else was on the U.S. team with you? Uh, quite a slew, especially of uh, Midwesterners, it's just names you probably recognize. Uh, it was myself. There was uh, Matt Carey out of St. Louis, who's been on on the podcast and is uh, a host of um, Scrubcast. Right. Uh, Carson Ray uh, out of uh, well, he was originally out of Minnesota. He now lives in Colorado, mm-hmm. uh, but he's part of Radio TCX. Um, you have Marcel and uh, Haywood, Will Haywood from Gold Squadron. Um, Steve Cotillo, who I believe is also out of Colorado, uh, who yes. won the uh, Ace Championship. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then uh, Daniel Leone. Um, I know Daniel has done really well at things, but I cannot at this moment. I, I can't. Really, yeah, I can't recall where he's from. And then you guys had uh, Kenneth Lyon and Tommy Williams. I mean, Tommy Adams as your alternates, right? Correct. Yeah. And uh, how did the big shout out to Kenny because. Kenny did all of the pairings for us in the actual finals, which we can probably get into later. But uh, he's on California time. So yeah. it was rough for me because oh. it was a 3 a.m. start for me. It was a 1 a.m. start for him. Mm-hmm. And he's not even getting to play and keep like <laughs> keep himself active. He just had to stay awake for an hour and a half at a time oh, <laughs> in between man. rounds and then do an, an amazing job of pairings. He, he knocked it out of the park. Um, I think the pairings are a really neat, underappreciated aspect of the tournament as a whole that we should talk about later as well. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. it's one thing that America did a lot better at than a lot of countries. I think it's one of the reasons we were so successful. Indeed. Now, I've played against about half of the U.S. team. Uh, you, obviously, Doug, Carson, Matt, uh, Kenneth Lyons, and Tommy Adams both. But I'm a little less familiar mm-hmm. with how the pairings went for this. I, I, and I, I know it was explained to me, but it kind of completely went over my head. So I know each country's team of seven players brought a list for each faction. How did the pairings work for this? Okay, uh, so um, we used TTS to determine all the pairings. So there were seven cards that each represented a faction. Uh, and uh, you would blindly place your first... So, for example, Matt and Carson were their two most popular people we'd lead with because they had very all-comer lists. Uh, so, for example, we would put Matt's rebel list first, but we'd put it face down so they can't see what faction it is. Uh, and then they would do the same for us. Uh, and then you reveal them at the same time. And so if we put Matt's rebel list out, they pick two lists that they want to potentially play into Matt's list. And then we do the same for their list. Uh, again, face down, so you can't see the factions. They get revealed at the same time. Uh, and then USA would get to take their two factions and pick which one they actually want to play against Matt's list. If that oh, makes sense. okay. Uh, hmm. And then they would do the same for us. And then you repeat that process. Uh, so you're essentially picking two matchups at a time. Uh, but then, so that works for the first two matches and then the second two. And then you have three left. So the last process is actually picking all three matchups because you're picking the one that they placed, the one that we placed, and then the remaining matchup. Um, okay, I like that. So it doesn't give any sig- single team the advantage in picking. Correct. I think that's one of the really cool things about it is a lot of pairing processes give an advantage to whoever goes first or whoever goes second or what way. And then you have to do weird things like team MOV determining who gets to pair first and stuff like this. I think this was a really elegant solution that just it creates a lot of depth to how you pair things, but it doesn't give anybody a specific advantage. Pretty cool. Yeah, it reminds me of something that I learned in Scouts, the 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 fairness principle of we've got one piece of pie that we have to split between the two of us. One person cuts it and the other person picks the first slice type thing. Uh, so it seems like this kind of setup really affect, did this affect what lists you guys chose to bring as a team? 
Uh, yes, I think it affected how a lot of teams uh, did their list building. Maybe us a little less than some people. Um, Peru, for example, who came in fourth overall, they picked six efficiency lists and one ace list. Uh, and so that actually relieves a lot of the pairing burden there because they had six lists that were general all-comers. And uh, most teams don't have the answer against six good jousting lists. Like, you're just going to have to get a bad matchup at some point. Uh, whereas, on the other hand, America kind of leaned into, um, I don't want to say skill-based necessarily, but, like, lists that require... Um, high, I, I guess there's, high floor. Yeah, high floor lists. And lists that have a lot of good against this archetype, bad against this archetype. Like, we, we really played into we're going to try and pair better than our opponents. Okay, all right. So you started playing three months ago in the Swiss, and you, of course, were representing the first order for the U.S. team with a super heavy Kylo, and that, that some people have, I don't know how jokingly referred to as the biggest NPE in X-Wing. I'm pretty sure that's, you know, hyperbole, but you paired I him with... I think it's yeah. probably pretty accurate. <laughs> <laughs> you paired him with a, uh, a Lone Wolf Afterburners Von Reg. And Correct. then yep. you guys had the opportunity to switch up your lists, but not the factions, going into the uh, final. You actually, you could switch up anything you wanted. You had to keep the same players, but okay. uh, in including substitutes. But like, um, I know Ireland, one of their players uh, wasn't able to play because they had like a, a wedding or something. So mm -hmm. one of the subs just took over. Okay. Uh, I know England, uh, their Imperial player switched to Rebels. And I think their rebel player was out, and they brought in a sub for their imperial. Like you, you could rotate around a little bit. Okay. Uh, but we kept all the same factions. Yeah. Players. But but you switched from Kylo Vonreg to Kylo and Blackout with Lone Wolf. What was your uh, rationale behind that? So in Swiss, I played against exactly one six, which was a individual wedge X-wing um, that I believe didn't have any upgrades on him. Uh, and other than that, I played all against either equivalent or low initiative ships, and I had a deeper bid. So Von Reg provided very, very little actual utility in Swiss. Um, because if he's not there to fight other sixes, Blackout is pretty much just better on every front. Um, their abilities are pretty equally niche, but uh, Blackout's a silencer versus a Baron, and silencers are just a way better chassis. Um, I actually kind of regret it because uh, in finals I played against three different I six lists, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I lost all three of them. <laughs> um, so it uh, it didn't work out the best for me, me personally. Although for the team it worked out fine. Um, every every round I lost, we won anyway. I think. Okay. And with this style of pairing, uh, what type of lists were was the U.S. aiming to try and throw your list at? Uh, I mean, the dream scenario is other ace lists that don't feature a six, because Kylo just feasts on that. Um, swarms, particularly two dice swarms, are also really good. Um, the two games that I was on stream were both against Vulture, swarm, Vulture swarms, excuse me, um, which is a, it's a dream matchup. They have an, they have a ridiculous hard time doing damage to me in the first place, and Kylo with proton torpedoes kind of feasts on vultures. Um, I also played against uh, one of your favorite lists, the 4X2Z, that is uh, mm -hmm. in a similar vein. It's a little scarier for me because of those three die guns, but uh, just pure efficiency lists have a really hard time actually dealing with Supernatural Kylo because he doesn't obey the rules of the game. Can yeah, confirm. You get, you get one turn pretty much against Super Kylo with that kind of list. Yeah, we, we practiced the week before this, and uh, 
I got to see the the full and awesome power of supernatural thrusters, Kylo. It's really uh, something uh, else uh, to watch them fly yeah. that, isn't it? It really is something else. It, it's something to watch it. It's something else altogether to actually be across the table from it. And I know from playing that game, there were a number of times where I just felt like, okay, there's nothing I can do here. And I went into that knowing how the list worked, which yep. I would assume every team coming into the finals here for XTC did their homework. I'm pretty sure everybody at least, you know, watched tape, so to speak. And you're familiar Especially... with... Especially in the final. Um, yeah. I can say for a fact that even in lists, list matchups where they had very little chance from like just a pure list building perspective, I did not have a single easy game. Like the, the level of play was, I had nine rounds of like, I'm four and one going to the last round of a regional type thing. Like every single player was really, really good. Yeah. Which uh, is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Any uh, particular lists that jumped out at you or at any of us now that we've had a chance to look over all these uh so these are the lists that the top players in the world brought to a tournament what's really something that either surprised us or we thought was really cool that came yeah, out i really i really like will hagwood's list yeah i believe it's a list that he came up with on his own um yeah. it's very pretty original. much yeah pretty much just like homebrewed it had never seen anything like it before i mean who um, even plays bosk before him like yeah, yeah. not those, a single person or fen rao for that matter for those who are not in on the joke uh, this is the exact list that smittle took to the ace championship where he went six and zero in swiss correct i went five and one, so I lost five and one swiss. in the last round that's right okay yeah uh kicked button swiss though made a huge splash on the meta pretty much brought bosk full fully into the meta yeah so thanks I, for that. that's that's my bad guys i it didn't <laughs> happen in first edition <laughs> Yeah, and uh, then it did in second edition. I also want to super shout out Marcel. Uh, not only was he the team captain who organized everything and ran, you know, all of what Team USA did, he went nine and zero in the finals across multiple matchups. Where we were like, "Sorry, Marcel, this is the matchup you get, so that everybody else gets good matchups." And mm -hmm. he just won anyway, over and over and over again. Yeah, that's uh, so selfless. I know, being a bystander in the same house as Doug, I got a glimpse into the process. Um, Marcel, for the entirety of Swiss, gave himself bad pairings, gave everybody else good pairings. Mm -hmm. um, I think that Doug is correct, and Marcel played a huge role in America's success. Indeed. Um, I remember two years ago at the last in-person one, where, again, Marcel was the captain, and some people were complaining that the USA had poor matchups. And... I think a lot of that was unfamiliarity with the uh, the the format uh, being in Prague and on different time zones. And some people threw a little bit of shade Marcel's way. But if ever there was a way to have a redemption arc, even if it wasn't needed, Marcel was just America's hero for these finals here. Marcel was also he'll he'll be the first to tell you that he in his opinion did make mistakes in that uh that first XC, XTC he for that first one he kind of just let everybody bring what they wanted to like what they felt most comfortable with uh, they didn't really try to have a list synergy or a team synergy with their lists and uh, like he took it as a as a learning opportunity and came back a lot better prepared and uh, like pushed back on people when we were deciding lists on like what would help the team and stuff like that he uh, he knocked it out of the park. No lie. Well, looking around at this, uh, Alex, other than the uh, Will Haywood special, is there any particular list that jumped out at you as cool or that you were surprised to see do well? Um, not 
super surprised. I said, like, being in the same house as Tug, I went over all the lists from Swiss. I went through his document that he posted with when it was just Swiss stuff um, as a potential for doing analysis that never happened. But uh, so I'm not super surprised or taken aback by anything. Um, there are some interesting choices. Switzerland's lists in general are very weird. Um, their scum one has a generic hawk. That can't be right. It does. That's... Also, I don't think we ever actually said it, for those who don't know. Uh, the final standings were Italy, USA, and Singapore were all tied for first at 7-2. and two. Uh, Italy did win the tiebreaker, so it went Italy, US, Singapore in that order by tiebreakers. Uh, and then the rest of the field was Peru. I should really pull this up rather than try to say it by Peru, England, Germany. No, England was farther down, I'm pretty sure. Uh, sorry, somebody talk while I find this. Um, uh, I've been crazy. finding, I've been looking here, and I really like that we're seeing Lando, Asajj, and Boss. Oh, you got it against you it, like you? that? It is, it is it's miserable. If is I'm it? really glad, okay. the meta no, I haven't two weeks because but... it is quite possibly the most oppressive thing in second edition really? so far. It's Which is actually kind of crazy because, like, well, I know that like it's got Zam in it, of course, but like. I just look, okay, so all I'm saying, okay, is that I see Asajj's name, and I'm like, well, that's neat. And then you see Lando's name, you're like, well, that's neat. That's what I see. So, okay, I can <laughs> well, see. I, what, what jumps out at that list at me is the Jabba the Hut. Yeah, okay, yes, I will go over it yes. in a second after I finish. So it went Italy, USA, Singapore, uh, and the tiebreaker was based on individual wins. Uh, so Italy had 38, USA 37, Singapore 36. Uh, and then Peru went six and three and fourth. Spain in fifth went five and four. And then it went France, Germany, England, Ireland, Switzerland as the, the remaining top 10. Um, so the reason that list is ridiculously oppressive is partially because of Job of the Hood and false transponder codes. Yeah, I didn't realize uh, that combo. Holy which sounds oh, yeah. janky until you realize that there are seven false transponder codes in that list across three ships, which yeah. means in the opening engage, the ship they want to kill does not get actions. And that is especially bad because Asajj has the Shadowcaster title. So A, she's going to stress you, which means Lando is a three-die ship for 53 points or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, Asajj is going to tractor you closer to the Bosk shot that also has Zam if you have to shoot first, mm -hmm. so he's fully modded into you. Uh, Asajj has full mods because she target locks to jam you and then has force. Lando has full mods because he focuses and then has his ability. Uh, like it's Essentially, the list is deceptively strong at jousting and then is just a crap ton of health that is also deceptively hard to kill. Yeah, you can't. Once the opening engage is over, man, they take up so much space, it's impossible to finish yep. that game. But yeah. it can't be oppressive if there's no generics in the list. Uh, <laughs> so, I disagree uh, with you. Uh, so you, you make that joke, but uh, so it won the GSP yeah. event that was like right before the XTC finals. Yes. Right. Um, yeah. And it either in the top four or in the finals, it played against four uh, BB rookies and Rose. Mm -hmm. And it PS killed a rookie on the first turn. Oh, I saw and that then it game. PS yeah. killed a rookie on the second turn. And yeah. then it was just too far ahead to matter because it puts out a ton of damage for three ships. Yeah, just PS killing T70s is rough. Yeah, it's almost guaranteed max hits on every shot and it's reducing your agility. And then it has Boss uh, splitting crits. 11, 12, 10 health between the three ships. So a ton of health. And other, like, Boss can reinforce if he really needs to for defense. Asajj has the evade action and force. And then Lando has rerolls for defense. It's like there's no easy ship to shoot. They give up extremely small MOV increments. It's like it's a nightmare of a list that on paper looks janky. Yep. Hmm. It's I played against it in the most recent 
Ghost Guard that we played in, and it was miserable. Mm-hmm. Well, even with okay. even with Jedi, it was it's it's brutal, man. So I was our our quote preferred matchup into it. Although Marcel had to play it in the last round, I was like, oh, I think I actually have a good matchup into that. I was like, oh, come on, Marcel, why don't you make me? Uh, <laughs> I yeah. went one and one against it, um, but it was my only loss that wasn't against an I six, and that's just because. Uh, it, I couldn't do damage fast enough, and it eventually plinked Black out with a tractor beam and then pulled him into two more arcs, and then he got one-ratted. Hmm. Indeed. So, yeah. Uh, Greg, is there a list that's jumped out at you as something that's you know, you're happy to see or surprised? Uh, well, uh, I was about Asajj until you guys crushed it. And that's <laughs> fine. <laughs> Sorry, Greg. Uh, no, nothing uh, too crazy. Uh I could either bring up the one that you shared, Matt, or you can. Oh no, please! This is this is uh, your uh, wheelhouse. All right, so this is pretty cool. So it's Cat in the MG100 Star Fortress, um, and Finch Dallow. What does Cat do, Greg? What do Cat do? Uh, nothing. Uh, <laughs> you just take her because she's 52 points. Well, well, there we go. While you, you perform a primary attack, if the defender is at range zero or one of at least one friendly device, roll one additional die. Oh my gosh, I get it because of Finch. Uh, and veteran turret gunner. This is genius. And you have delayed fuses and trajectory simulator. And you've got Ray. You... I, I didn't I didn't put Cat's ability together because I was like, oh, Cat's ability. Like nobody cares what Cat's ability is until you get Finch. And so Finch shoots. And then, right, Paige, Tycho, let's. Yep. Uh, you drop Chuck one after you perform a primary attack. <laughs> yep. Yep. So then Cat can potentially do really good thing. Oh my goodness. Um, and then it's got Rose in there, which I've flown Star Fortresses and Rose. And it's really hard because where's Rose like to be? She likes to be in the back. And well, then you've got, you've got a trajectory simulator. You can chuck the bombs forward. You can. You can. But there's also a point. Fuses. Yeah. But there is a point. Where Rose is going to be caught in a bad spot. If Rose is still alive by that point, your opponent is not engaging properly, I would say. I flew a three-star fortress and Rose list against John in the league. The first, the Von Greg league, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think many that star was, fortresses. Hold on, I you think can... That was, I think that oh, was the list. God, why does that work? <laughs> yeah, did I put bombs? I can't remember if I put bombs, but what the thing is, is that I had Rose in the wrong spot and by the time I figured it out, I was like, uh-oh. So I took like a left turn, and she did not participate at all. <laughs> she just left. And uh, so I like that one, and you brought that one up. Um, yeah. I mean, the, they, they even pointed out on a couple of the streams, the double Star Fortress list uh, run from the Swiss team, uh, Eve Burdell. That, I think, was the boldest choice of a list to bring into the finals. And uh, let me look up to see how it went. Uh, I I have to imagine it had some problems going into Wait, things. There's I'm, another. Hold on, uh, I'm scrolling up here. It uh, wait. There's another list that has star fortresses. No, there it, was in Swiss. But okay, in... yeah, in Swiss. All right, so it it, it went one in uh, one in eight on the yeah one in yeah. eight. Yeah. Switzerland had a lot of unique lists, but uh, Switzerland did not do great. They're, no. uh, they're, it turns out like you can't really catch up people off guard in a team format because it's usually pretty to recognize what like so for example i put that cat uh, finch list on my big no-no i never want to see a list because it has too much health and bombs are a really good tool to zone out kylo forever so mm-hmm. i just won't do damage to it 
Um, but so in a team format, we just don't pair our terrible matchup into it, and then it's just right. a mediocre list. Right. They get the matchup they want. It works right. in a regular Swiss. Yeah, because they don't get team. stuck. You're not just like, you don't show up to the table and you're like, wait, what is this? They, <laughs> there's, there's more to it. I guarantee, Obviously. though, you bring that to a local tournament down there at Huskarl, Greg, and I'm going to do it. Probably, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take this on Thursday. <laughs> um, yeah. Indeed. Uh, I do have to say, I am really pleased to see uh, 4X2Z uh, flown by uh, Italy's Rebel player take the second place with a ton of MOV. And that list does generate a ton of MOV for you, usually. But I uh, I didn't get the chance to see any of the stream games. But from what I can hear, I mean, eight and one, uh, it, that list was just flown expertly as well. There's a lot of neat stuff. The thing that jumped out at me, though, was the list that came in third overall. France's Scum and Villainy list, which was a Jostero, Calda, uh, Zuvio, Gargarim, Lando list, which is not unlike the uh, Scum parking lot list with you, you, you capitalize off block with Gargarim, do the Tarani tricks, etc. But this is a smarter version of it, I think, because while you lose the beef of non-lum, you get better ships in there. Uh, Zuvio being able... Lando in the uh, escape craft with Hondo crew. You can jam Gargarim because Gargarim doesn't care. Gargarim wants to get shot at because he's going to be blocking people. Uh, and then you coordinate something like, say, a tractor beam from Zuvio to throw something around. You've got his prox mines he can chuck out at people. You've got contraband, so he's always going to get actions. It's just, I really like this jank idea that, again, on paper, you look at it and you go, oh, it's a gimmick. It went eight and one, so... Many, many props to Francis Scum Player for that. I really want to watch some of those games. Yeah, for sure. And like, I think that's the flip side of the bringing a jink list is they probably protected him with pairings and gave him good matchups. Mm -hmm. um, like I know he played against Matt with uh, Jan and three A-wings, and uh, I believe the words he used was Zuvio chewed me up. Like, <laughs> just he got tractored and then proxmined and, and was too far behind before the game even started. Um, so like, uh, the big thing with this the pairing process is uh, I don't think you can take a ton from a meta standpoint on what lists are good and what lists are bad, uh, because it's so variable in what they actually played against. Um, you could just get you could be the the person who gets bullied on your team the whole time and does terrible, but that was your role to get your other six players wins. That sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, uh, Matthew Carbo of France was the uh, pilot for that list. But like on the same way to what Doug's saying, no one loss in Swiss by any one person means any more than any one loss in Swiss. No, because it's all the last one that happened yeah. in the round. Um, and same for wins. Like, um, and I think that everyone did an amazing job just to play. And then the fact that USA came in second place is pretty freaking amazing. Absolutely. Uh, so, Doug, are there are there any lists or opponents in particular that uh, you'd like to shout out in particular? Uh, yeah, I definitely want to give a shout out to uh, the guy I played from Singapore, um, Garnett, I believe his name was. Uh, he uh, kicked my butt with uh, Von Reg, Kylo, and uh, Recoil. He played it absolutely amazingly. Uh, he did get a very lucky crit on Kylo that uh, kind of ended the game before it started, but uh, he did an amazing job of getting positioned in the first place to do it. And he was just the nicest dude, and he shouted out our podcast, and uh, uh, it was really great to play him. He 
was he was a delight, especially because that was I want to say round three on day one. So it was something like seven a.m. Uh, and I had been up played. for five hours, six hours already. Uh, and he, oh, it would have been while losing for him, right? Yeah, I think it was yeah, like around yeah. one a.m. for him. Um, <laughs> so we were both playing at weird times to be oh, in the middle yeah, of the tournament. Um, but he was he was just such a fun opponent, and uh, he made a loss uh, a very fun game. You know, that that just always feels Double great. Shout out. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, those are the best. What a guy. Indeed. Well, is also, there... if he's a listener, that makes him very cool and with great taste. <laughs> I don't know about yes. great taste. Some well, taste. <laughs> we like him. Absolutely. You know, uh, I, you know, not having the chance to be in the room and watch over Doug's shoulder as he played, uh, I didn't get to watch as many of the games, but the ones I saw were all just, there's this old adage that top-level X-Wing looks like low-level X-Wing. That was not the case here, because every single game I saw showed people, regardless of the matchup, flying expertly. Uh, your final round game that was against the uh, Droid Swarm, Doug, where that was just a terrible, terrible matchup for the Separatist player. Uh, your list was the last thing they ever wanted to see. They had some great tools that could have, like Discord missiles are not going to do anything against Kylo. Uh, yeah, which shout out and, to Gary Colton, who was my, he was the the Ireland Separatist player. Who I played. Yes, and, uh, but Magpul's Warheads, he managed to get one off and the dice just said no. Uh, he, he fired two mag pulses and a plasma at me. He he got quite a few shots, and I just nattied out of them. And, yeah, you know, it was, the plasma clench was big, too. That was late yeah. in the game. And... Oh, that plasma clench would have changed a lot of things. But every single time, you were like, evade gas cloud force? And just, ah! <laughs> you know, I, I would like to say props to him, and I know there's a couple other people. They brought traditional separatist lists and i say traditional i mean like swarms they use yeah. their vultures they use their bombers they they had their 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 plasmas you know their their discords and stuff like that it was very nice to watch even though <laughs> yeah. the, the game you you know you danced around and he didn't get a lot of great right. shots but, but that, that it was like, still every... awesome go back and watch that game if you want to see yeah. Ace, man yeah, it was he, so did, great. he did everything right was the thing. And right. the, the commentators, uh, it was Sydney City Space ah, Slugs. Space Slugs, yes. Yeah, Sydney City Space Slugs, Australian uh, group. They so I was on stream against Droid Swarms two times both times. They yeah. were both Sydney or they were both Australian streamers, and both times it was an American and a European. So <laughs> it was literally just pinging around the world for those games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But looking, uh, you mentioned that great for the separatists. Uh, USA had Daniel bring the Quad HMPs. Peru brought uh, Grievous and five ships. And everybody else either brought the uh, hyenas and vultures or Django Zam. Is there still not enough variation in separatists? I'm surprised it wasn't all Quad HMPs, to be totally honest. Yeah, there's only a couple of like archetypes. Like there's you so bring Django Zam. You bring the vultures and like one or two bombers, or you bring HMPs. So quad HMPs are actually pretty bad in a team format because they do have kept really hard counters, and you can pair into them. Uh, so like Daniel actually got pretty roughed up because he kept hitting hard counters. Mm -hmm. um, the Django Zam, I'm actually surprised it wasn't more popular. Um, in Swiss, it has a weird record because it it did 
it had above a 50% win rate, but what it actually was, was a couple of people went 7-0 and 6-1, and 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 then a bunch of people got destroyed with it. So I think it, that kind of scared people away. Uh, but then your classic swarms with CIS are actually really strong in a team format because they're all comer lists. And Vulture hmm. Swarms in particular are actually pretty good against aces. Not Supernatural Kylo, because he's not. But he's his traditional own class. aces. Yeah, but traditional aces. Fair aces. Uh, I say if, I, if I'm if i playing a swarm, I love seeing traditional aces with the swarm matchup. It's, oh, a, it's a great I, matchup for the swarm. Uh, back in the day when I was playing traditional Vulture Swarms, I hated seeing uh, Imperial Aces, mainly because I got maybe two solid turns where I would either have or try to kill something, and if it didn't happen, I was done. Like it just like it would escape. Like I I remember um, Jason from Manhattan mm-hmm. playing his Imperial Aces against me, and he beat me twice in a Wichita uh, tournament. And uh, he was my only two losses on the day. Yeah. In this past year where I had kind of embraced the swarm playing on TTS, I really liked seeing Imperial Aces because there's nothing that an Interceptor hates more than just having to roll those green dice again and again and again and again and again because eventually they'll betray you. I mean, but also then, blocking someone and taking three shots. And right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and to be and, fair, I just don't like Imperial Aces, so I'm already fair. super biased. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's how I feel about Falcons. Yeah, that's fair, fair enough. All right. So, any last thoughts on uh, the X-wing team championship? I I wanted to ask Doug a question. Um, if you like, I don't know if you guys took input um, as a team or as 38 countries. Um, do you think that they will keep this online to allow 38 countries to participate and players uh, that could not necessarily afford to travel like this? I know Dion really pushed it, that they should keep it online again. Uh, and I know they talked about it a little bit on Gold Squadron. Uh, mm-hmm. My favorite idea so far has been to have two. To have one that is a, a, a online and anybody can see championship. And then the online one or the in-person one is still really cool. And yeah. I understand why they want to keep doing it. Um, and it can go probably back more to like a European team championship. But, you know, right. if a, an American team wants to come over, then that's allowed and stuff like that. Yeah, that's a good um, point. That's a good I would point. like to, I'd like to see an online yearly yeah. thing continue. Because I think this was a great melding mm-hmm. of the global X-Men community. Yeah. yeah. The fact is, is no matter how big it gets, it's just not viable for co- some countries to bring an entire team there. Like, uh, right. it's expensive per player to fly, you know, across a continent over oh, ocean uh, no lie i mean peru yeah. has a great x-wing community they held the lima open a uh, lot of players out of there i don't know if i've ever seen a peru player travel yeah because it's hard it's, it's, it's yeah. just it's, it's difficult yeah. and like you can take the game very seriously and just not be able to do that like yeah well, i don't i would ever be able to go to europe for uh, an x-wing team championship i'd love to i'd love to think it's, yeah. oh yeah it's a huge expense or people have uh, other obligations jobs families whatever like or just I could not afford to do any of that. And and it was really cool that I kind of saw like the people throughout the year that had won, like maybe a national uh, from like the year before or um, some of those ACE championships, something like that. Like, I feel like Daniel Leon, I feel like he kind of made his break from his, uh, his ACE championship. Was that the one that he was a champion for? Uh, Steve won the ACE championship. Oh, Steve did. Well, he definitely, I think, made the, at least in my, like, I hadn't heard of him before. 
-hmm. And it was kind of cool because they won that and then they were included in this. And it was like an additional like, hey, you're a champion of X or whatever. And then, you know, you kind of you, you kind of earn it that way. I, I thought that was kind of neat. Um, and uh, I guess we never really touched on the selection process for the players, did we? Uh, yeah, there was a thing that Marcel opened up uh, to where people could apply for a spot on the team. Uh, I put my name in because I did not know how many people were going to apply for this. And I'll admit, I was a bit salty at not getting a response. But realistically, I cannot fault any of the nine players that were picked for the team. Uh, I'm good, but I'm not at that level yet. And I think that I was actually surprised that we didn't see uh, both of you, Doug and Alex, on the team, because it seems almost like we joke about if one of you shows up, the other one shows up as well. But you've both made cuts at about the same amount of uh, events, you know, per capita over the last couple of years. I didn't apply. Um, well, that's I was I burnt out at the time. And I didn't want to commit to a three-month commitment if I wasn't going to have fun. It was a, it was a big commitment. It yeah. was a huge commitment. I saw the commitment, and I, and I was like, as much as I would love like, to participate. I, like, there's, there's a part of me that regrets it now, but a part of me that doesn't. Because, again, if I, well, I spent a long time not enjoying X-Wing yeah. in the mm -hmm. summer, and I wouldn't want that to affect the team's performance. So. But think about the strategy. If you had you and Doug on the team, your opponents mm -hmm. would have like an extra level of having to, you know, who am I facing? That's you know the extra confusion you could throw in. <laughs> I it's think just... they just hope they see me either way um, <laughs> instead of Doug, um, especially after this time. Oh, you you could have, uh, you know, done well with the Will Hagwood special, and maybe they'd start uh, I, I don't know. I, obviously, like, Scum's like the only faction that could have... Uh been played and like obviously there's some shifting that can happen but uh i don't know if i would have played that or if i'd have gone back to the six form um mm -hmm. depending on what the team needs were at the time as well but absolutely uh, well if there is another one online next year i fully intend to apply for it next year awesome yeah something that this just brought up doug uh I've done team sports a lot through my life. And one of the things I always love is just the camaraderie that builds. How much of that did you guys get? I know that uh, some folks like you and Carson and Marcel have known each other for years. But, uh, yeah, how, how was the camaraderie among the U.S. team? Did you guys uh, do a lot of socializing beyond just X-Wing? Or how was it uh, getting to – what was the team atmosphere like with these guys? Uh, finals weekend definitely – up to that um i would say there was a decent amount of camaraderie like i think everybody was uh just excited to to be there and was having a great time doing it um and uh i wouldn't say there was a ton of like outside of discussing x-wing uh hanging out but um and we all had a really great time and it's uh it's definitely a really cool experience and i made some good friends and next time who knows what will happen next time we see each other in person like maybe you will have mm -hmm. that non-x-wing hangout time when you go out to eat after a tournament or something mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, indeed. I mean, people like, uh, yeah, like the point is, of... I'm losing Doug. He's drifting apart. He's going down a path I can't follow. <laughs> Get on the team next year and follow him. I, I, I that never mind. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, again, uh, props to Team USA, Doug, and everybody else. You guys did us proud. USA. Uh, yeah. USA. A full, a full on tie for first. That's, that's how we're looking at it. Uh, massive massive shout out to team italy for taking home the eventual win uh every single game i saw of theirs just played like absolute just champions which and they team were singapore, as they team had singapore the yeah as well yeah a lot of yeah, people extra. a lot of people wouldn't pick team singapore to get out of the uh the swiss round 
Yeah, and then they so things, uh, the USA's two losses were to Italy and Singapore. Uh, Singapore, two of their wins were versus Italy and USA. So even though they came in third, they mm-hmm. won the head-to-head between the top three teams. So mm-hmm. like, uh, in in a sense, they really should be in first place. Um, it was, I mean, the, it can't in be a different series of tiebreakers. They yeah, are yeah, they would have been first it, place. It can't be understated that like every team played so well, and that just because Switzerland won one and eight doesn't mean they were bad. They just had oh, worse no. matchups during the day. Yeah. Like. And again, th- this is a unique format, different than a regular Swiss tournament. So that list that you see do well here, well, for starters, in the next couple of weeks are going to possibly not be viable anyway. But it, it's different. Yeah, it's different than a normal tournament. You know, uh, Doug, you've mentioned that you wouldn't necessarily bring uh, Kylo Blackout or Kylo Von Reg to a regular tournament. Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously, Kylo Von Reg did really well at uh, Jeddah. Um, mm-hmm. Andrew won the whole thing with it, uh, and props to him. Oh, I know. <laughs> I, I I wouldn't bring that list, and uh, yeah, I mean, it has it has good options, obviously, but uh, I, I think it's a list that is still far better suited for a team format than it is for standard Swiss. Indeed. Well, any last thoughts before we uh, move on? Uh, Just big shout outs to everyone involved, really. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Mostly, that's another thing, the collaborative nature of this, where it was put together not by any one uh, kind of body or crew, but this was a true community effort, uh, thanks to all of the uh, podcasts and YouTube channels that streamed. So many all these different yeah, streams. So, so many different streams that, that I'm now so subscribed much content. to. Yeah. So much content out now. My, my Twitch subscription screen now looks like just absolute chaos. With all yeah, these mine does too, yeah. I was trying to find it. I was like, where is Gold Squadron? <laughs> <laughs> I listen to channels that don't even speak English. Yeah. Like, that was X-Wing transcends a, a, language, man. A, a Polish. I think it's a, I think it's a uh, Polish it uh, channel. Uh, yeah. And, uh, the, you know, half the time they're not, unless they say like a specific card. I don't know what they're saying. I'm just watching the game. Like, I I'm was just... watching the, uh, the, the German stream. Was it Hexiled? Uh, are they the Germans? Uh, no, Hexiled has uh, yeah, a Hexiled's German... Here. Okay. As a uh, German co-host, though. Yeah, okay. But there, there was a, a, a German, I believe it was German, watching mm. one of them. And uh, that's one of the languages I don't speak. And yet, being <laughs> able to follow along with context was so neat. Oh, ah, yeah. Uh, just so much fun. All right. Well, uh, outside of XTC, is there anything big that uh, has happened X-Wing-wise or other in the last week since we recorded? Nope. No, I don't think yep. so. Uh, I know... Going forward, by the time we record next, we should have at least some points, if not all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've confirmed that the mini extravaganza that AMG is doing will at least discuss points. Um, I would guess they'll drop the PDFs then, and probably just update them when the new ships are out. And but when was that? When was uh, the it? Mini is, it is. It's like a Thursday, Friday, Thursday Saturday. The that Thursday yeah. uh, at like noon is whenever I, they're four Pacific is the time. That's what it is. Four Pacific. Doug, so. can you put a PSA out for all the people that are worried about the one hour time slot? Oh yeah. So a lot of people kind of freaked out because they're they're they have like twenty segments or something that are all like hour long uh, blocks that they're doing stuff, and only one of them is dedicated to X Wing. But if you actually look at it, it is one dev blog from X Wing. It's a game of Legion. It's a game of. Uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol, and then the rest of them are all painting, which you can't. I mean, you can do with X Wing, but the 
most yeah, of the appeal is that they're pre-painted minis. So yeah, that, that's most of AMG's streaming content anyway. Is painted. yeah. So the people freaking out that X-wing is dead or whatever, they don't care. Like, just look at the actual stuff that they're doing. There isn't stuff for X-wing there. They're painting Marvel Crisis Protocol minis and they're painting Legion minis. They're they're not going to repaint an X-wing ship. Yeah. On the same so, vein, uh, the. The sky is not falling when it comes to Armada. There are people saying Armada is now a completed game. No, they have said they do not have current plans for new Armada content. They are doing reprints. That is not saying, I mean, because they came out straight reprints up. Reprints and, and organized play, specifically. Yeah. They, said. Mm -hmm. they right. did come out and straight up say when uh, Imperial Assault was a completed game. That was the FFG term. To be fair, different companies. But I think right, the big thing is. There is probably a decent chance that Armada is a completed game, but if you really don't want it to be, what you should do is you should go out and buy reprints, and you should you should uh, support the OP and show that you guys want this game to keep going. Because what right. it probably means is that FFG probably stopped developing stuff once they heard about the AMG transition and said, here's a couple of ideas, but we don't have anything set in stone. And now AMG is going, well, we're short-staffed, so we're going to see if this game is worth continuing before we actually continue it. So, yeah, if you want it to uh, continue, support it, and it'll probably be fine. Absolutely, and kind of a uh, a shout out of sorts to the guy on Reddit who suggested boycotting AMG and X Wing in solidarity. Congratulations, that, sir! You win the Tashi Station Jack Wagon of the Week yeah, award. That's a that's a take, man. <laughs> we don't wow. want them to cancel our game, so let's boycott it. Yeah. Uh, that no, you know, again, AMG is doing the best they can, and. That, that's how these games need to go. No game lasts forever. Actually, will be a completed game at some point. Check the history on my Reddit account real quick. Yeah. Just to make sure that wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're good. No, um, no posts ever? All right. I want to shout out to all the people that listen to our podcast and enjoy it for what it is. We are silly and we're serious when we want to be. We talk about analytical stuff. And uh, to you, Matt, for all the work that you put in. Oh, here, thank you. Here. Yeah, so, and by I, all the work, he means Greg means literally one hundred percent of the work of this podcast. Yeah, like, as, I show has, up. He has to remind me as the quote social person to post the episodes. <laughs> like yeah. Matt does all of the work. Literally <laughs> every ounce of work done on this podcast is done by Matt. It's appreciated, but no, that's one of the things that I, I like about what we provide. We are four friends who enjoy this game and want to share that with the world out there. Uh, for all of you who listen, we really do appreciate it. We know that you have a plethora of options when it comes to X-Wing podcasting content, and we're happy y'all show up and support us. That's that's why we do this. It's mm -hmm. great. Uh, you, know, you know, Doug, you got to play against a listener from Singapore, for crying out loud. I yeah, really that was really cool. cool. <laughs> it was really, really cool. Like, that is awesome. man, I recognize your voice. Are you on a podcast? And I said, yeah, Tashi Station. I went, oh my god, I love you guys. And, uh, yeah. And he oh, got to beat you, and I know that he's telling his friends for like forever now. You, hey you man, know. he he earned it. I, like yeah. he yeah. he played his ass off. He did so to essentially finish the game. I don't remember if it was technically the end or if it was just when he killed Kylo. He did a so technically ended. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I had a one health Kylo, and I did a supernatural boost, and then Talon roll, and his. Von Reg did a three turn over the cloud that would have looked totally dumb in every situation except for the situation where I boosted right and then Talon rolled. He did the exact right thing to get a shot on me and kill me. Like oh. it was it was absolutely crazy. He, he, he saw played the his matrix. Ass off. Yeah, he saw the matrix. Absolutely. <laughs> 
it's like that uh, i can't remember which world war ii movie it is where yeah rommel you magnificent bastard i read your book (laughs) (laughs) that that's a guy who had your number right there i had the same thing happen uh at Jetta playing uh, the eventual winner, Andrew Dunham, in the first round. And I looked at his list and I said, oh, no. He goes, oh, you've seen this list before. I said, kind of. And he says, yeah, uh, if you listen to the, there's a Tashi Station radio podcast. It's, you know, Doug Howe came up with this. And immediately I pull out our Tashi Station radio card. I'm like, hi, I'm 25% of the podcast. <laughs> and he was like, oh, no, you probably know the secret of how to engage this. And I was like, nope. <laughs> the trick is there's not much of a secret. No, uh, especially for a list with four or six I1s. In the Sydney uh, Twitch chat for your last game, someone said, how do you beat Supernatural Kylo? And I said, preferably with a stick while he sleeps. <laughs> oh, let, let's, hope that, let's hope that gets taken care of. But again, you know, thank you guys. Thank you to all you listeners who've been supporting us for the year plus we've been doing this. We made it through the worst of a pandemic. We've made it back to organized play. And we're seeing... Yo, things like this again the biggest scope of an x-wing event that we've had in 2.0 this was just an amazing couple weeks of getting to watch high caliber x-wing yeah it was a it was a once in a lifetime opportunity i'm really really happy i got to be a part of it hopefully it becomes a multiple times in a lifetime as i really hope this happens again next year yes absolutely and uh the obligatory uh shout out to friend of the podcast and 25 percent of our father there you go. <laughs> we should just have that as a soundbite on the board. Uh, what a, again, great, great time we've had. Uh, we look forward to seeing more of this in the future. And with that, for Tasha Station Radio, I'm Matt. I'm Doug. I'm Alex. And I'm Greg. And we'll see you in a couple weeks. USA. USA. USA, 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 be sure to give us a thumbs up and subscribe. You can find us on Podbean, Apple Music, Spotify, and Amazon Podcasts. Follow us on our social media on Facebook at Tashi Station Radio, an X-Wing podcast, on Twitter at Tashi Station XW, on Twitch at Tashi Station X-Wing, and on YouTube at Tashi Station X-Wing. If you want to help us offset our hosting costs, you can go to co-fi.com slash Tashi Station X-Wing and toss us a few credits to help keep the hubs off our back. Stay safe, fly well, and we'll see you next episode.